it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Gophers baseball coach John Anderson is with us from the press box at Hammond Stadium. His Gophers are about to play the Minnesota Twins. Uh, down here for uh, four games, John, second week of the season. First week you were in Georgia, played four games. Uh, a lot of veteran hitters, a lot of new pitchers, right? No question. That's what we knew going into the season. We were going to have to rebuild our pitching staff. Um, and uh, honestly, for the most part, I was I was pleased with what I saw. Pitched uh, five freshmen the first time since 2000. Four of them did pretty well. One uh, struggled out there a little bit, but they do have talent. And so we're not trying to search for talent here. There's talent there. It's going to take some time to get some experience and get them comfortable in a game environment and controlling the game and all the things that comes with being a Division One pitcher. And uh, I was encouraged by what I saw. We, we have an old position player team, 10-11 uh, oh, yeah. deep, and, and so we have some experience. And, and they're going to have to carry us here for a while. They're going to have to play defense. They're going to have to score some runs and as we, as we shape our staff. But uh, it's not like I'm sitting here going, oh, boy, I'm not sure we have enough talent here. I think we have talent. We just have a lack of experience. John, uh, it's uh, funny that if you're playing freshman in football or basketball, people uh, give them a pass, you know, and say they're freshmen. Uh, they don't – people don't – realize how hard it is to be successful as a freshman pitcher there's guys who end up being draft choices that struggle as freshmen in uh, at a big 10 and those type of schools well pitching at the high school level you have what maybe two hitters in a lineup yeah you're facing some lineups that seven eight guys that can hit mm-hmm. and so now you know you just uh, can't throw a three one fastball all the time and you get tattooed at this level so being able to execute uh, an off-speed pitch in certain situations, command of the strike zone with a breaking ball or change-up, and, and then being able to locate the fastball better because when you don't locate the fastball at this level, the experienced hitters will, 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 will do something with it. And so that's what they're learning to do is how to pitch at this level, how they have to change their thinking. And at the same time, as soon as they throw it over and one hits them hard, they all panic and yeah. you get an out. We don't care, you know. Hard outs are a good thing, and so it's it's an adjustment for them, and I, that's what I'm talking about, experience. It's getting out there, having some experience, learning how to pitch at this level. So it takes time, and there's there's just no uh, no no uh, uh, better thing than experience, but to get experience, you got to put them out there. John, uh, you guys won the Big Ten title a couple of years ago. Does this have a chance to be one of the better lineups you've had? You look at the experience and the hitters in this lineup, it's pretty good. Yes, yeah, I, I think so, you know. I thought in 16 we won it. We had a pretty darn, yeah. darn good lineup. In 2010 we had a pretty darn good lineup. Uh, but this is a good lineup. Um, it's really left-handed dominant. So we're going to see every left-hander in America. <laughs> we did last weekend. Uh, we know that. We did last year. Um, they've got a lot of experience against left-handed uh, bats. We're still searching for maybe another right-handed bat or two from our younger players that can we can fit in here now and then. But uh, 
for the most part, we're going to feature five or six hitters for sure in every lineup we put out there. They're going to be left-handed. Is the Vaver kid healthy? Healthy, uh, Pat. Uh, he's been healthy since last summer, first time in his career. Played all summer, practiced all fall. He's been able to spend a lot more time on his defense uh, because he's been healthy and been in the weight room and, and been able to swing every day. And his game's improved substantially just because he's been able to practice consistently. So was it I back? expect, was yeah, it back, back. Yeah, he had a, uh, a little chronic uh, uh, problem with uh, an old injury he had in youth that uh, hadn't formed. And mm-hmm. they say it uh, just takes time, and it's, it's, it's grown back together now. And he's a m- much better player. I expect him to have a, a really special year. And he's taken a more active role in being one of the leaders in our team. And, and uh, so he has some talent. And, it's, and, and so we're just happy to see him be healthy. I've noticed a difference in his play. He plays freer and uh, has more practice time, so he's better prepared. And uh, what you doing? Uh, you got Eli Wilson's one of your catchers, but McDevitt's your number one catcher. Yeah, they're going to share duties. Uh, Cole will slide over to first base sometimes against left-handed pitching, and, and Wilson. They're both going to catch a lot this year. Eli is, has, and Cole both have have improved substantially since last year, and just in their blocking, receiving, throwing, their handling their pitching staff. Um, Eli's come miles since last year, and uh, he was a cross country runner in high school and didn't really get serious about really? baseball till. He got into his uh, end of his sophomore year, and he's put on 20 pounds. And uh, Dan was in Georgia uh, last week, and his father, Dan Wilson, and we were talking about it. He's really improved. And uh, so our catching situation solid. The Kazuki kid who last year, you know, didn't get a chance to play till coffee sprained his ankle in the first series of the Big Ten. and <laughs> He was a phenomenal. We were trying to figure out where to play the guy and when to play the guy. Now we can't play a game without him. <laughs> I see you list him on the roster as a potential third catcher, too. He's he a third catch catcher. He, he's all right back there. Okay. I mean, if the if scouts see him throw back there, they'll, they'll, they'll start to get interested. He plays left field. Plays third. He can play shortstop. He can catch. You can put him anywhere on the diamond. He won't hurt you. Was he? Well, did, okay, remember, uh, remind me of the story. Was he the first ever Minneapolis City High School guy to play for you? In about 30 years, I think yeah. we had a couple players from Edison way back when. But, yeah, it's uh, and actually a uh, junior college coach tipped off Rob Fornasier, our assistant head coach, and said, I think you guys should see this guy play. <laughs> he went and saw him really- play a number of times. I went and saw him play, and we said, what's wrong with this guy? And he was doing everything in high school. He was catching, playing short. He was pitching. He was the whole team. So he's an unlikely looking kid too, isn't yes. he? I mean, yeah. he's uh, kind of looks like uh, what, what was it? Uh, Chris, uh, what's uh, the third baseman for Cincinnati? If you say Sable, Chris Sable, Sable. Chris Sable. Looks like looks like Chris Sable. Yeah. So uh, last year you played a few games in the new dome. People, I don't even know if the, how much if they were aware you were there. It's not an easy place to get into, like the old Metrodome. But do you think everybody's going to be more comfortable with baseball in there? They have a better we idea absent, what they want to do. I think we were absent from the Metrodome for so long. I think yeah. people lost sight of that. I yeah. think we kind of snuck up on them mm-hmm. to some degree. I think there's more awareness out there now after last year. We have a, a great tournament coming up next year. The DQ Classic will feature a Pac-12 Big Ten Challenge. We have Arizona, UCLA, and Washington coming in, and Austin, Illinois, and Michigan State, and we'll play across for three days. So an unbelievable field. So I think that will gather some attention, get us back on people's minds. And, and uh, you know, we have the nice thing about the next two and a half weeks, we play Tuesday and Wednesday, three on the weekend, Tuesday and Wednesday, three on the weekend. So we have our whole roster. we got we got to pitch these young guys. It's just going to be an opportunity for us to really do some player development. I think by the end of that stretch we'll have a better field. Are you home there. next week? Home next we go home on Sunday, and then we play Tuesday night uh, at U.S. Bank against North Dakota State. 
Wednesday night against South Dakota State, and then we have the DQ Classic starting on Friday. Is the uh, baseball arrangement there the same as it was last year? Have they done a few things or pretty much uh, the same? I haven't been in there. We we got a new mound. Okay. I wasn't really happy with the mound. That was a, that kind of came apart on Part, you. Yeah, it wasn't real good. So we got a new mound. It's an 18-diameter professional mound. It's turf, but uh, a whole new product. I really mm-hmm. like it. We've used it in practice. We okay. really like it. Just moved it down there, and we left this week. Uh, they're going to they're gonna install it. I think they're going to cut the amount of material down in the baggie and tighten it up. Yeah. But, you know, um, yeah, the field played. We thought the turf played fair. We didn't lose any balls up there in the in the open areas of the of, of the roof. So I thought it would. Better thought, than better than, uh, better than I, playing all road games. Right? Better than playing all road <laughs> games. And the best thing is you get to play, use your whole roster and have and work with them every day. Gophers coach John Anderson is uh, with us. He's played there. His team is down here in Fort Myers playing the Twins today. A version of the Twins. I don't think you get the A team here, but that's okay. It's, it'll be fun. It's on TV back home. It's on radio back home. So that's good. John, is Siebert Field close to what you envisioned? Is it uh, close to being done like you wanted it to be? It's getting there, yes. You know, we built that uh, training and hitting facility. Yes. That's been one of the best things we ever did. Yeah. We use it every day. The players mm-hmm. have access to us on their own. We are only allowed to work with them so many hours a week, so they can go in there when they want to. We've been able to install some hitting analytics machines and some computerized pitching machines, and so we get live at bats. And it's it's become our, our, our hitting lab for the most part, and it's been awesome. The new in, the, the old Gibson Nagurski we yes. have reconfigured. Netted the ceiling, got a divider curtain. We hit live in there. Okay. We pitched live on the field with an infield. And so from a player development standpoint, throw U.S. Bank Stadium in there, we're in pretty good shape. As far as Siebert goes, we haven't been able to – we're going to do a bunch of branding for this season. We haven't been able to do some branding out there in our history and tradition. The next step for me was to get a roof on it, fill in the open cavities. Um, actually, we're having some conversations with uh, Twins doctors who do us and the Twins about possibly a pitching lab down the road. Okay. Um, so, so we got a few more pieces to go. And there's is there less competition for space in Gibson Nagurski now that they've got the other facility? No, no going? question. Yeah, no yeah. question. Football's out of there, and that was a yeah. big. That was the one that took the big amount of time. And uh, so it's us, a softball and soccer, use it on a regular okay. basis, track and field, and when there's some open time. So it's been hundred times better than what it was before. And, John, uh, with the new facility, your kids can use the nutrition center. Is that right? Or it that, started on February 5th. Uh, our players get four meals, four dinners a week, Monday through Thursday. Okay. Now they can go in there and they can buy lunch or breakfast, which mm-hmm. uh, at a reasonable rate, that's much better than anywhere else where you get lunch <laughs> or breakfast. It's a game changer for us in recruiting. Okay. The kids are raving about the quality of food. The, the 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 meal uh, quantities they're getting um, they don't have to do dishes and buy groceries and cook so it's it's a game changer I think that whole complex the athletic village has just been a space where the student athletes now have a place where all 730 of them can actually congregate they can study together the leadership center they eat together their kids are getting to meet people they've never met before in other teams so I think from a community standpoint it's done a lot we can go down there and pay for our meals and eat with the kids if we want to so it's 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 been a tremendous game changer for us yeah, that's good uh, they you know it's nice it's basically built for football and basketball in a lot of ways but uh, there are as you say there's there's another 600 kids over there who uh, deserve to yeah, be Yeah, they're cooking fresh food every day yeah. they got six or seven stations they got whatever your diet is some players are on certain diets because of injuries or they want to gain weight lose weight so they're, they're directed on what they can and can't eat so it's 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 really going to i think impact uh, the, the the whole experience for the student athlete what they can do to their bodies 
Uh, have a good time today in this ball game. Uh, this is your 37th season. How many more you got left in you? One at a time now. <laughs> One at a time. But uh, I still enjoy it. The great thing about this, we've had a long and uh, great relationship with the Minnesota Twins, starting with Dick Siebert and Calvin Griffith through the Polad family. And, of course, it's special for me because Paul played in our program. We were teammates at the university back in the middle 70s and have a chance to come out here and share our friendship and our partnership with the Twins is, is really special. And, and Molitor has been real good to you guys, uh, and so has Perky, right, with the checkbooks? Well, yeah, Perky's been very, very, very generous. He's given close to a million dollars to our program. Um, Paul's been extremely generous over the years. He led our campaign to build a new Seabird yeah. Field, and when I asked him if he had help and he said, I'm going to help. And he said, you know, I might not be there all the time, but I said, I'm going to be involved. I just don't want to be a name. And he was involved. He did speak to key donors. He got involved. He got involved with the president's office to help us get that thing going. So talk about a guy that uh, when I got the job in 82, he was living out in San Diego playing with the Brewers. And we were at the convention, Rob and I, and called him up. And he said, I want to take you guys to dinner. And that night I asked him, I said, Paul, you know, uh, will you be willing to help us down there along the way here? He said, you can call me anytime. I'll say yes or no based on what you need and whether I can help. And he hasn't said no too many times, Pat. Okay, Perkins is making beer, smoking meat, making wood. He needs a volunteer part-time job. You're going to get him involved as an well, assistant to, pitching coach. I tried to talk him into coming back and getting a degree, finishing yeah. his degree, and being a, 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 a student coach, which he yeah. can do. And if he said he has interest in coaching, and said so. Once you come back, get your degree, help us out. Yeah, you know, around your schedule. And then if you want to be a college coach someday, then here's your opportunity to get, get involved in the game. But um, so far, he hasn't been. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Hey, John, thanks for your time, sir, and have a good time this evening. All right, Pat. Thank you. All right. Uh, John Anderson, gopher baseball coach, entering his 37th scene. Check him out at the uh, Dome. It's not bad. It's better than I thought it was, would be when I uh, first went in there last year. Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Makura launching and hitting with the answer. Makura and Blewett, they got 99 games under their belts. Makura, five points in a quick burst. Injuries, guys leaving the team, coming back. Oh boy, Makura's starting to heat up now. There was a lot of local basketball people who uh, thought the Gophers should have been much more ambitious in trying to sign J.P. McCurra when he was out uh, playing in Lakeville, six foot five guard who could shoot it, and he ended up going to Xavier, and it hasn't exactly turned out to be a consolation prize, has it for him? Uh, they are currently. Uh, 25 and four, and rated fourth in the country. They got two games left in the uh, Big East, which is the best basketball conference in the country, as far as having 10 schools that are devoted to basketball. Many, many good programs, including Villanova. Two of Xavier's losses this year are to Villanova. They they actually had a screaming full house there last week. When Nova came to town, expecting that they uh, had a chance to move into first place in the Big East, and then Nova uh, made all their shots and beat them in Cincinnati. They also won the big arch rival game this year. They beat Cincinnati, and a couple of weeks ago, uh, they were rated fourth, and Cincinnati was rated fifth. 
in the country. Then Cincinnati had a couple of losses. But uh, that's pretty good. Uh, bad. That's When the Reds are as bad as they are and the Bengals are as bad as they are, when you got the 4-5 or five team in the country, that gives you something to talk about oh, no in Cincinnati, kidding. I would think, having Xavier. But J.P. McCurra, five guard from Lakeville, he's a senior now, came in there as a freshman, played 13 minutes a game, uh, you know, average 5.4. He was uh, a reserve. Took 110 threes uh, that year. Uh, 2016, he, his minutes got up to 22.7. He averaged 9, 9.4 points. He should, took 104 threes that year. Then last year, uh, 33 and a half minutes. He averaged 14.4. Took 188 threes. Now this year, they're so dang deep. They got they got, they got nine guys who average over 15 minutes at Xavier right now, and uh, so he's his minutes are down a little. He's down about four minutes a game. Averaging 12.7, he's only taken 110 threes this year. But I've heard people think that he's got a chance. To, he's going to uh, play on Sundays, really. He's going to play on uh, sometime because he can shoot it. He's big. He's a he's a big kid, six five, six six, and uh, would uh, it would would uh, be the best shooter the Gophers have had in the program for uh, quite some time. You know where he'd had work he... out is with Tibbs and the Wolves. They need a shooter. Yes, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, there's no doubt about that. J.P. McCurra, he is the sports person of the day. He's also a teammate of that Trevon Blewett, uh, who's uh, averaging 19.2 there, and uh, a candidate, a dark, uh, one of the top. He'll be an All-American. He'll be one of the five All-Americans. He probably won't be the player of the year. You know, I want... He, well, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. go ahead. But he's just... mentioned... I was just going to say I watched a fair amount of that uh, Villanova and Xavier game. Uh, was it last Saturday or Sunday? Whatever it was last weekend. Have we ever had this wide open of a field uh, uh, ahead of the NCAA tournament? Eh, we've been saying it now for uh, several years how wide open it is. But, uh, but I even don't know. like the top five teams, you could point at a lot of weaknesses that they have. I saw a very disturbing headline yesterday. Though. Uh-oh. Grayson Allen heating up at the right time for Duke. <laughs> so hopefully he'll trip somebody here and uh, get suspended. Be an embarrassment to a company being suspended. But Duke, uh, Duke's got the best talent in the country. There's no doubt about it. Wouldn't you agree, Manny? With Bagley yeah, and those with Bagley guys, I mean, and Gary Trent Jr. and those guys. Are those guys all one and dones? Both those guys? I think I'm uh, not sure about Trent. Bagley's the first pick in the draft. I'm, isn't I'm he? curious. Well, yeah, he'll be he'll be one of the first. Three or four guys, and then Grayson yeah. Allen, of course, will go to the Wolves. Just, yeah, just we'll get him. Yeah, Pat, Patrick will love that. <laughs> I'd love it. I, I give him as much chance as I gave PJ Fleck. I just start ripping him from day one, and never, <laughs> no matter what happened, no matter what happened, I would never give him any relief. But that would give you how many columns a year would that give you if they uh, if they got Grayson Allen, the Wolves, the Wolves? Just every time I went to a Wolves game, which hasn't been often this year, I went a few times before I came down here, but. Uh, you know, I just write about what a bad guy he is, you know. So Well Gary Trent Jr. is one to watch. I I get the sense he's probably gonna go pro, but really? he might he might uh he, go back he, and, and play a year with Trey Jones, his former high school teammate. Oh that's true. So that's true. Is, going he there a, next year. Uh, is he a lottery Gary Trent Jr.? I think a, a few a few uh early mock drafts have him going somewhere in like the top twenty, so maybe maybe just outside the lottery. So he's, hey, got the, he's got the NBA body to play in the league. So Hey, while we're talking here, guys, how about the uh, Chad Lowe's piece today 
on the NBA is starting to talk about, it's not going to happen for a while, but having a play-in for the last no, no, two no. for the last two playoff no, spots no. in in each conference. So seven and eight. Okay, the first six are in, right? Okay. Then you have seven play eight, and the winner of that you have seven play eight and nine play ten. Okay, and then seven the seven eight winner gets the seventh seed. Oh my God! And then the loser plays the nine ten winner. At home, for the right right I, to uh, get in, the, for the so right the to base, get swept by Golden State in the yeah, first round. Yeah, yeah, so the baseball one and done. As much as a lot of us thought it was ridiculous, has is gaining momentum. Apparently. Well, and not to mention the last thing the NBA needs is to make their postseason longer. It's already well, like a two month process. Yeah, you're right about that. It would be another three days, but it also would put ten. That would also put 20 of the 30 teams, allegedly, in the playoffs. <laughs> Can you imagine the, the 10 seed out of the East? Who would that be, like the, uh, sh- the Chicago probably, Bulls? Oh, mm-hmm. no, 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 probably not the Bulls. Probably like Detroit or somebody. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, that's a horrible I, idea. I do, I do like the idea of kind of, because uh, I know Adam Silver has mentioned uh, going the just route of seeding them one through just, sixteen. Just seeding them one through sixteen because that's what the WNBA is doing now. Granted, mm-hmm. it's a smaller, it's a smaller yes, league and one smaller, through eight. Yeah. One through eight, but I do like the idea of the NBA maybe doing that. All right, okay, we'll be back, uh, John Height, and then uh, then we're going to talk to Natalie Darwitz. Here's John Height with his final sports update of the day. There will be no more. There won't. You're correct. You're not going to do it during the beer show? I'm not going to stay for the beer show. Sorry. Uh, This update is sponsored by Concordia University Online Learning. Get on track to a successful business career with Concordia University St. Paul. Learn online or on campus. Learn more about their business degrees at online.csp.edu. The Twins are playing baseball. Yay! Even as we speak. They're playing against the Minnesota Gophers. Twins up uh, early, one to nothing after one. Uh, tomorrow, they'll uh, start playing Major League Teams exhibition game against the Boston. What Red time Sox. is that game, Johnny? Is that a day game or a night game? Uh, was it? Th- I thought I saw a, th- uh, a day game. You know, day game? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, sorry, okay. I looked. Okay. Well, I, I was going to say, I'm don't here. Look- I should be. <laughs> I should be aware, but. Uh, yeah, I know it's at Boston. So well, I'm if, not, we, if uh, it was in your paper, they'd have the wrong time because they said yes, it was going to start would, at yeah. 6. We got some <laughs> fellas there that are having a little trouble with the Eastern time concept. Oh. Uh, Although, Pat, in addition to Johnny and I, we're excited because it's almost that time of the year where yeah. you know we're getting to listen to games mm-hmm. and watch mm-hmm. TV. But it also reminds me of one of my favorite uh, moments in the history of 1500 ESPN, and that was when <laughs> GL got moved to 1. And Joe went through the entire twin schedule wondering what days he was going to get off. And then Rookie and I informed him uh, they moved to 96.3. He was a little disappointed. The look of dejection on the mayor's face was worth a million dollars. I got news for Joe. If they hadn't moved, I wasn't moving. (laughs) (laughs) What did you calculate that last year you and Phil did noon to three? Uh, Well, I don't know. But down here, I worked seven days. In March, it was heaven. Seven days. Seven days. Wow. Well, there were some Saturdays that I didn't count, but 
There was a trade today in Major League Baseball. The Pirates, uh, they acquired left fielder Corey Dickerson from the Rays in exchange for reliever Daniel Hudson. Minor league infielder Tristan Gray and a million bucks. Uh, Dickerson, of course, uh, he had a good year last year, but he was just, uh, designated for assignment by the Rays as they tried to cut salary. He hit 282 with 27 home runs last year at 150 games and made the American League All-Star team. Daniel Hudson, he was a big trader in a Diamondbacks trade with for the Whitey's right mm-hmm. years ago, right? Including yes. Addison Reed. He's oh really? He was in that. I think he was in that trade too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he struggled okay. last season with them, but uh, but well, here's what I can't figure out, Johnny, because I looked this trade up. So yeah. the Rays are trying to slash salary, and unless they're moving this guy that they got as well, this guy's making just as much as Dickerson was. Hmm. I don't. They got a million bucks. It sounds like. Oh, they got a million extra. Oh, all right. Pay, so maybe that's and they they're reasonable. paying go go. Yeah, four, four million, million, maybe mm-hmm. five, uh, depending on incentives. Thank so you for helping me be faster. <laughs> All right. Wild back in action tonight, continuing an East Coast swing playing New Jersey. Uh, we have a, a girls women's uh, girls women's a girls hockey tournament going on here in high school. Double A, Centennial beat Lakeville South two to zip. Uh, Egan. Beat Hill Murray. That was an upset, two to one. Uh, Egan is only playing one game today, as I found out. Tonight. You sound it's... like Snoop Dogg doing the uh, animal documentaries. Yeah, that's a little problem. Who there. is these animals? Who is these animals? <laughs> uh, Brainerd and Edina play tonight, and uh, Eden Prairie and Andrew. And there will be four girls on the ice today over there that will be playing Canada for a gold medal in ten years. Yeah. Could yep. be, yeah. Yep. Or eight years. Yep. Eight years. Yeah, that's bad math. Eight years. Yeah. eight years, eight years, eight years. Yeah, we'll be ten. All right, Johnny, thank you. You bet. Oh. <laughs> the Ride with Roycey. Now, traffic. Time for traffic and weather. Would you actually do the weather for us? Traffic and weather together. Here, hand me the copy then. I'll, I'm not going on. I'll do the traffic and you can watch the hockey game. All right, here we go. Dumb hey, uh, this report is brought to you, or excuse me, sponsored by your neighborhood Ace. Ace is the place with the helpful Wait, hardware, folks. Your neighborhood Ace has a wide selection of products from the best brands, plus the expertise that you need to take on any project with confidence. Only at Ace, the helpful yeah, place. Yeah, you're not going to make sense of that copy. Just give it to me. Oh my God, you're right worse than a doctor. Yeah, give it to me. Uh, rolling between the downtowns, westbound 94 at 19 minutes eastbound between 14, westbound 694. Huge improvement between 35E and W, now down to 11 minutes. Natalie Darwitz, the uh, women's hockey coach at Hamlin, now a three-time Olympian. And yes, uh, even with that baby around to keep you awake, you stayed up till 1 o'clock in the morning last night, I understand. Yeah, uh, my intentions were to watch the first period and go to bed, and then uh, <laughs> got the best of me, and I stayed up the whole game, so it was a lot of fun to watch. What, uh, what did you uh, think? The Canadian jinx, it finally ended for the first time in 20 years. Uh, the third period was something, I guess. Yeah, the whole game was something. Um, you know, U.S., they got some good calls. They won the power play a lot, but sometimes when you don't score on them early, uh, it can come back to haunt you. But they got one late in the first, and then, you know, in typical Canada fashion, they came out with two quick in the second. So I was thinking at that point the jinx was still on. <laughs> uh, but the U.S. stayed tough and uh, played a really good third, and, and actually I thought I'll play them in overtime just to score. Uh, hey, the, yeah. Hey, 
Hey, Natalie, the Lamaru uh, sisters have been around for quite some time. The twins, did you uh, were you still on a on a national team when they first showed up? Yeah, um, we were actually on the 2010 team. That was their first Olympics and my last. So I uh, played with them for a few years on the U.S. team, and uh, you knew they were going to be good, you know, uh, when they were up and coming, and, and they had a bright future. And obviously, you know, last night it, it doesn't show. It shows you just show up at the big games, and those guys plugged along and probably were their best players in the whole entire Olympics. So, uh, they, those two had a great tournament along with the Minnesota kids, too. I was really proud of them. Uh, Natalie, you were in three Olympics, so what was the toughest loss to take? You know what? I think Salt Lake uh, in 2002, yeah. uh, we went we went the entire pre-Olympic uh, series against Canada. We were 8-0. Oh, so we were man. We were the Olympics. And then, you know, uh, just things went wrong. Uh, Olympic uh, gold medal game and we lost three to two against them. So that one was the one that stings the most because that was the one we were supposed to win. Uh, the other two, it was kind of fifty-fifty. Um, but that first one we were supposed to win, and that was probably our best chance to bring home the gold in my three years. And that was a fantastic team you had together, right? Uh, that, that yeah, Cammy Granado, Karen By. Uh, I was only eighteen at the time. I was a young kid on the team play on a line with Cammy Granado and Chrissy Wendell. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I saw that one. That one was uh, that and the home turf, too, made that one tough, I'm sure, playing on your home it ice. Uh, in, yeah, Salt yeah. in Salt Lake. And then uh, uh, your last one, in, uh, you, you got upset by Finland in 06 and then 2010. But, you, you know, you got two silvers and a bronze. That's nothing to sneeze at. You know, no, it's not. Uh, you know, when you look back now, it's it's something to be proud of, obviously, in the moment, being a competitor. Um, I wasn't too thrilled. Because you're, you're, you're training for gold. You're sacrificing a lot in your life uh, to go there and win. And when you don't, as a competitor, uh, it, it, it hurts. So it's good to see the, you know, you know last night what those girls went through the last four years, uh, probably even more years than that. To, to win that gold medal and to see it uh, finally, you know, come to fruition and those guys earn it was it was good for them. It was a lot of fun. Natalie, how many world championships did you win? Um, I don't know, like four or five. We always <laughs> seem to win those ones, you know, when it, when it didn't matter. <laughs> well, it mattered. And then Olympic year. I I everything matters, right? But the Olympics is what matters the most. So it, it's kind of like you won the scrimmages, but when the game's, you know, finally counted you lose those. <laughs> the uh, it certainly did make the uh, the the kid from Egan a world traveler, though. Hockey man, how many countries were you in? Uh, I don't know. It's it's uh, it definitely opened up the doors for me to see a lot of things uh, in life that I that without hockey, I probably would have never even traveled outside Minnesota. So, um, pretty lucky to see like China and Finland, Sweden, uh, Germany. Uh, you know, Russia, pretty lucky to see those things, you know, through athletics, you know. So um, it's, it's cool where sports can take you sometimes. Hey, uh, you took over the Hamlin job. Are you guys still in Oscar Johnson or did you move downtown? Oh, my goodness. We are thankfully in Tria, the Minnesota Ooh. Wild Tria rink. We've been there since January, and it's okay. phenomenal. Uh, so... <laughs> 
It's, uh, it's a huge step up from us from Oscar Johnson. Nothing wrong with Oscar Johnson, but uh, this place is pretty spectacular. So the, the Wild has been great to partner with, and uh, we can call it home to Hamlin Hockey now. And you got indoor plumbing, which is fantastic, right? That's <laughs> always a plus. Yep. <laughs> We were rocking up fifties outside our locker room, and and now we have plumbing and and uh, toilets and running water. The girls can shower afterwards, and uh, it's a great facility. So we're uh, really really lucky. Uh, Natalie, uh, what uh, did you did you, you guys you have turned it around rather quickly there? You're playing in the uh, semifinals of the of the league. You have a, that playoffs coming in. Did. Did showing people where uh, where you might be playing help with recruiting? <laughs> I think so. Um, you know, just just day and age. You know, it, it's important uh, what facilities you're playing in. Kids are drawn to shiny buildings and new amenities, um, and they want to be a part of that. So to get this uh, new rink that we're in and um, be on some of the best ice in, in the U.S. next to the Excel Center. And obviously, it's going to help us recruit, not hurt us, right? So uh, that's a, that's the goal: is to continue to get good talent in there and continue to hopefully climb the ladder and, and make Hamlin a, a good hockey uh, program and, and something that people, when they think of Hamlin, they start to think of, oh, you have a good hockey team. Uh, that's the goal that we're we're over there, and hopefully, we can uh, you know start to climb the ladder a little bit more than we are this year. How do you uh, how do you uh, fit the time it takes to be a coach and a recruiter and everything in with new motherhood? It's it's busy. Everyone has a different sort of busy, and that's my busy. I got I got two little boys at home, um, and so I just grind away. It's actually kind of my therapy to to get away from the kids and to go to hockey for a couple hours. Uh, I come back home a better mom um, and. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I go to the rink a better coach, but I know I come home a better mom when I can get out a little bit and come back. So um, that part of it is a lot of fun to, to now see Joseph. He's two and a half, start to pick up a hockey stick and, and wear his jersey to the games and, and bang on the glass. Uh, that's been pretty cool to be a part of. He's the oldest, though, right? He's the oldest. I got a two and a half, and then I got an eight-month <laughs> uh, eight uh, boy as well. So they're going to keep us busy for the next 18 years here. That, that'll be good. Uh, hey, Jason Verdugo, uh, I know Hamlin's had a tough time in a couple of sports, but uh, uh, the AD over there has been really aggressive trying to help help out the athletics there. He went and hired you, made the deal to play downtown in this rink, the TRIA. He's got the baseball team playing at CHS Field. Uh, it's That MIAC is tough for, uh, for Hamlin, but you guys are trying to make an impression. You know, the MAC is really tough with Hamlin. I mean, uh, you know, just being there for a couple of years, the resources that we have versus compared to a St. Thomas or a Gustavus, you know, we're, we're a small market team to, you know, to put it in a perspective of a professional team. We're a small market trying to, try, trying to play the game in a big market. Um, but Jason Verdugo is somebody who does something with integrity, and he's going out there and he's, he's, he's grinding away and he's trying to get it done to give us a level playing field with the other Mayak teams. So for us to have that rink is trying to give us a level playing field. Um, and so then from there we just got to get the right people in there um, to get a, put a good product on the ice, and that's me getting good assistant coaches. That's uh, me being, bringing great people along. But Jason has done a great job with what he has. 
in front of him, um, and he wants more. The guy's hungry, and that's that's the reason why I, I chose to go to Hamlin, or he sold me to go to Hamlin, is you're only as good as the people in front of you. Um, and to have him as a boss and the AD there, um, if he just sat back in his chair, that would be a tough place to try to build a hockey program. But that guy's going out, and he's trying to trying to help us out as much as possible. Um, so it's somebody you want to you know do a good job for, and it's somebody that you know he's going to go to bat for you and, and try to help you out as much as possible. Uh, Natalie, at the at the top level, I would guess uh, women's hockey hasn't changed that much in the last ten years as far as the top top players. But is the depth of talent uh, much greater than it was a decade ago when you were in your prime? Yeah, it's, it's much greater. I mean, if you even look at this Olympic team uh, from last night, Gigi Marvin's on their fourth line. I mean, yes. and Gigi Marvin scored some big goals. She scored a big goal against Finland. She scored a shootout goal last night. I don't think 10 years ago you are asking your fourth liners to score goals. Um, and so that's just showing you how far the depth has come, uh, the parity in the league. Now you, now you have a WCHA in women's hockey that any given night uh, a St. Cloud can maybe knock off the Gophers or Wisconsin. There's more, parity up, there's more parity up top, and there's not. You know, you don't see the box score as a 9-1 game anymore. Um, and I think that attributes to talent getting better all around and then more depth in the game. Um, and it's and I think it's only going to get better. And obviously, every four years, our game's put on a uh, under the spotlight. And obviously, from last night, hopefully, it's only going to you know make women's hockey grow and get better. And and not only that, get some guys in the stands going. Hey, actually, women's hockey is a good product. I want I want my daughter to play, or I want to take my son to a game. Um, so I think hopefully, overall, it just grows the game. Hey, Natalie, thanks for your time. Good luck in the MIAC playoffs. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Natalie Darwitz, uh, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, her and Wendell were uh, quite the dynamic tandem and great kids, too, uh, back when I uh, covered them. We shall be back. The Ride with Royce continues on here. Uh, the Gophers and Twins are currently playing a game down in Hammond Stadium, and uh, Patrick is there. I think he must have thought, Manny, that we had like maybe another minute or two left in that last commercial break. But I think he's into the game. Oh, okay. Patrick, do we got you, sir? I'm here. I'm here. Uh, what's your daily complaint? Uh, I will kick things off because I have a serious one. Then Manny's got one that's a little bit more lighthearted, and this is absolutely tragic, Patrick. This is breaking news, courtesy of the Associated Press. Deputy on, this is from the sheriff, the deputy on duty at the school where 17 were killed never went inside to engage the shooter and has now officially resigned from his post. That is absolutely horrific. And uh, So they did have a guard there. They did have a guard there, and he never went inside to engage. That's uh, that's horrible, and uh, I can't imagine the rage that those family members must be thinking about right now. Mm -hmm. All righty, what do you got, Manny? Uh, well, this was sent to. Uh, this was brought to our attention uh, this morning. Uh, it was tweeted out by Kale Gundy, who is the, is the tight ends coach at uh, Oklahoma. Is that Mike yeah. Gundy's kid? I don't. I, don't I believe he's his he kid. is. Okay. Oh, is it his kid? Okay. Well, it might be his brother. I don't know. Well, he uh, he tweeted out a screenshot of uh, Tim Brewster from July 13th of last year, where uh, Coach Brew, your favorite guy, Patrick, says. Yeah. Uh, Jimbo's dead right. The a the ACC is the best football conference in the nation. Hashtag facts. 
<laughs> then right nice. underneath that photo, it's another screenshot of a tweet from Coach Brew from uh, this past Saturday. Yeah. Where Bruce says, let's keep it real. The greatest stage in college football is the hashtag SEC. <laughs> hashtag well, changed, nothing but A facts. man is entitled to change his mind. <laughs> You're entitled to change your mind. Here's my daily complaint. What you no got? North Dakota should be ashamed of itself, the University of North Dakota, when you watch the Lamaru girls go out there and win a gold medal for you, and you dropped women's hockey for no reason mm -hmm. other than other than to make a political statement that if you're not going to... Uh, uh, give us the funding we want. We're going to hit you close to home by cutting something. Mark Kennedy's an idiot to drop women's hockey in the best hockey uh, environment in America. North Dakota is uh, an embarrassment, and the Lamaroo sisters embarrassed them last night. I hope they're not taking any credit for it. It's terrible. All right, we'll do this again tomorrow.